On this week's Adam Schefter podcast, it's week 13 and it's Thanksgiving. And in the spirit of the holiday, we're going to be joined by Jaguars defensive end Calais Campbell in a conversation that we had about Thanksgiving this summer in the Jaguars training facility that we've saved for just this weekend. We'll be joined by one of the most giving men in the entire NFL, Jets offensive tackle Kelvin Beecham, who is the team's 2018 Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for all the good work that he's done in the New York metropolitan area, giving out food, water, and his time and energy. And we'll preview week 13 of the NFL season with ESPN analytics guru Evan Kaplan. But first, Jaguars defensive end, Calais Campbell. Oh, what's going on? Calais! Take a seat, man. Sit down, relax. Got some good Thanksgiving food for you. See? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Nothing like Cornish hen in Jacksonville <laughs> Thanksgiving week. <laughs> this <laughs> is true. I don't even eat pork. I don't know what the hen is, but I assume it's actually You like Cornish hen? That's chicken. Um, I've never had it. You never, never had, had it? it, and I will not be eating it. I, <laughs> I guess you, you weren't expecting to be having Cornish hen for Thanksgiving this year, but that, uh, I've, I've, like, I like to I dabble in cooking. I, don't, I won't say I like to cook. I dabble in cooking, and I've had the responsibility of making some food on Thanksgiving, but I, I've never, I've stayed away from the turkey. I had an older brother who, that's when he, he messed with the turkey, he did a good job with it. That was his thing. You know, I kind of helped with, like, the sweet potatoes, you know, uh, you know. I had a couple of different things I would make. You know, I could do the cranberry sauce. You know, I feel like I, you know, I'm not the I'm not the best chef in there, so they kept me to like the simpler things. But you know, at the end of the day, I feel like now that I'm getting older and wiser, I like ch- check out. Well, you're in the kitchen cooking with everybody. You're taking part in it. Every, I mean, a couple times. It's, it's, it's not a regular <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, once I got to the NFL, that kind of actually stopped. You know. What is Calais's go-to Thanksgiving meal? My go-to. Well, I mean, I like the desserts. I usually gain about four or five pounds during Thanksgiving, which is always tough because I tell coach, like, hey, man, you know, I'm going to get a couple pounds during Thanksgiving. So leading up to it, I try to get in really, really good shape. So that when I get a couple pounds, it doesn't really bother me much. But uh, the desserts. I love My mom makes the icebox pie. Delicious. Icebox pie, which is what? It's like a banana cream cookie pie. It's like a family recipe, though. It's like, you know, you can't get it anywhere else. I mean, it's... Is there any way that your mom could send the Schefter family an icebox pie for Thanksgiving I'll, I'll this year? That. I'll look into that. You know, I mean, I'm, you know, we can make it happen. And in the week of Thanksgiving, when you're eating all these desserts and you're getting four or five pounds, is it a given that you're going to be overweight, over the scales, over what you're supposed to be the week of that game? Like when you step on the scale Friday for Friday weigh-in, that's it? You're- it's kind of a general rule of thumb. Like Everybody. Thanksgiving, you get forgiven. You get forgiven for Thanksgiving to be a couple pounds over. Now, if a coach comes in and like is really strict on the weight on Thanksgiving Day, you know, I mean, we're going to we're going to have some problems. You know? <laughs> Has that ever happened? No, 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 no never in my, in my career. That would be pretty cruel of a coach to fine you, yeah, or discipline you terrible. for being overweight Thanksgiving week. Like, we, yeah, we, you would lose the team because I've always had really cool coaches. Though I've had a lot of players' coaches, I haven't really experienced the other side. So, you know, I've been lucky in my career. Player, who's your favorite player coach that you played for? Oh, I can't pick favorite coaches. That's like, yeah, that's like you yeah, give you up your your your, your, uh, your your sources. You don't give up sources. You can't pick them. They're all coach. my favorite. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> but some are better than others, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I've had different experiences through all of them. You know, uh, my first coach was Ken Wizard, and we went to the Super Bowl as a rookie uh, when I was a rookie, and that was an incredible experience. I mean, literally did not realize like how big of a deal it was. Like, I mean, you try to, but I'm a rookie. I don't know anything. And uh, I gave him my all and, you know, had a couple tackles, had some fun. But You know what happens when you go to the Super Bowl as a rookie? 
you think you're going to go every year. You think, this is easy. Like, right. we're going to do this all the time. <laughs> and how many times have you been back to the Super Bowl since then? Zero. Yeah. <laughs> I had a championship game twice and got so close, but, yeah. And that was, a, that was an all-time Super Bowl. When you look back at that Super Bowl, James Harrison with that yeah. play, Larry Fitz with that great yeah. catch. Santonio Holmes puts it out on me to rub nope, it in. I mean, no, yeah, bring back memories. But, but what, heart's breaking all over again. <laughs> what is – there must be one moment from that game that you still, when you think back to it, go back to that one moment. What's the one moment from that game that you remember? Well, honestly, I thought we were going to win it up until the very end when, uh, you know, Kurt Warner was uh, – Lamar Willie forced a fumble, like just stripped him. And I thought it was kind of incomplete at the time, but when you watch the tape, it was definitely a fumble. And I was hoping, because we had about, about, I think it was still maybe like 40 seconds. I mean, it's enough time to go out there and score. And, you know, it's just Kurt Warner, you know, and we got Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, it was, we were going to score and win this game. And then Lamar Willie stripped him, and that was the game. Mm. And that one hurts. It still hurts? <laughs> oh, yeah. Still feel still it? still hurts. What would it mean to you to get a Super Bowl win before you are playing Days Rover? Everything. Everything, man. That's what we do. You know, uh, we play this game because we want to be the best. And the only way to really be the best is to get to the Super Bowl and say, like, I mean, you won. And it is a team game, and that's a team award. And so it's like individual success, and then there's team success. And it's a balance. But, uh, you know, I mean, I could care less about individual stuff. I mean, obviously, you know, when you play well, you know, you want to get your, your, your due. But, you know, it's all about winning the Super Bowl, hosting the Lombardi Trophy, knowing how it feels, being able to kiss it, and then, uh, you know, we go from there. You know, we were talking about coaches, favorite coaches. You asked me about favorite sources. I would say, well, you bring up some of those names. Was there one teammate that you had through this 12-year career of yours that has impressed you more than others? Because <laughs> you played with some great men. Yeah, I mean, uh, Larry Fitzgerald takes the cake, though. If you think about it, you know, um, I came into the NFL, you know, he was in this, going to his fifth year, and uh, he was already like an all-star player, you know, the guy. And I, I told myself, you know, do what he does. You know, you want to be the guy, do what he does. So I kind of like started following him. And I had some other good influences over the years. I mean, there's so many different people who had like, you know, their fingerprint on, uh, on, my, on my career and my development. But uh, as far as just even outside of football too, like, you know, how, the way he carries himself, you know, with the, with the media, the way he carries himself in the business world. Um, just, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's the kind of guy who, you know, you, you want to be like, you know, and it's kind of cool because I feel like as I got older, now I'm in my year 12, and a lot of guys communicate with me, and they're like, man, you, you know, I, I could tell they get the same sense that I have with Fence. You brought up some of the coaches. We brought up Wizenham right away. Who are the other guys that you played for? Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians. Yeah, you know, uh, ultimate players coach. I mean, he's all the way, like, just – you know, I mean, he's the kind of guy you can go drink a beer with anytime you want to. Like, he's just a, a real cool oh, guy. He'll do that with you anytime. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then now uh, Coach Morrell. So I've only had three head coaches. A lot of, a lot of different coordinators, but uh, three head coaches. Coach Morrell's a serious guy. <laughs> Coach Morrell is always, like, he's a, he has a great sense of humor. Great sense a of great humor. Great sense of humor. And, like, he, he loves talking People ball. don't know that about him, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is it's true. Is, just, there, is there a time where he. Played a joke on you, pulled a prank on you. No, nah, like, when you see some funny guys, what does that mean? Give me an example. But I think he always sees the humor in things. Like we, we talk a lot, you know. I think he, uh, you know, uh, he, having an older player to kind of talk to and kind of gauge the locker room and just like we just have a lot of conversations. Like I mean, I don't know how many times he's pulled me into his office just to com- have a conversation. It wouldn't even be about our current team, but just to, just to talk about what he's thinking and stuff. And we literally. 
I mean, we're talking about all kinds of stuff, but he's just, you can see the humor and everything. You know, everything's kind of just, he's lighthearted about, you know, all the different you know, things we've talked about. So, you know, it's kind of nice to know that he's just a, a real co- cool, laid back, you know, funny guy. Do you have to have your furniture tailor made for you? Six foot eight, 300 pounds. Are there certain <laughs> things that have to be done for you in a custom made way? Uh, I tried a custom made bed before, you know, but honestly, uh, California King is good enough, you know. Um, a little shout out for California King good enough. Yeah, huh? you know it is. I mean, you know, I, I'm low maintenance. You know, I don't. If, if it has to be done, I get it done. But if it's not, then I just take. I make do with what's in front of me. You know, most of my life I slept on like a, a twin size bed until I got to like 15, and my feet are hanging off. Really? All the way. Then I finally like my dad. See, he walked in one time. I was like. Why are your feet hanging off so much? <laughs> so you got, I got a queen size bed, and that was cool. You know, it was like a big deal. Uh, but I still, my feet were still hanging off. And then finally, when I got old enough to, you know, I guess made it to the NFL, like afford a king size bed, my feet were still hanging off. You <laughs> know, it's just how it is. You know, when you're six eight. I'm going to tell you something I never told anybody before. I grew up in a middle class family, and my parents didn't have a lot of money. I slept on a bed that I am not exaggerating when I tell you it was no wider than this table, no wider than this couch. It was a couch that if you turned over, you would fall off the bed. And I didn't know any better. And my wife says to me, why didn't you ask your parents to get you a bed? I never thought to ask you because that was my bed, that yeah. little thin couch. And for my 21st birthday, my parents got me a new bed that was maybe a full-size bed. I don't remember. <laughs> but they also made a party for me. A bunch of friends came over, and I just turned legal, and we drank. And I got so sick <laughs> then I went upstairs and threw up all over the new bed. So when I finally got old enough to get a bed, a new bed, a big bed, very first a big boy bed. bed. Oh, yeah, I doused it and vomited. You got to break it in. Oh, oh it, it got broken in pretty good glass. Speaking of this beer drinking and getting real, you know, loose. I saw you Which, like, by the way, my wife has never seen me drunk to this day. I don't want to get you. I don't want you to have this idea that I'm some drinking fool, you know, throwing up. Oh yeah, 21. If you don't throw up when you're 21, then you're not really doing 21. Right? Okay, okay. I threw you're up right. my first birthday party too. You did? I did. It was an incredible party. Actually, <laughs> the University of Miami, like we just we played on my 21st birthday, and uh, we won the game. Beat like I think it was uh, uh, Marshall. I had like an interception, a sack, monster game. You know, if you play your birthday, you gotta have a monster game. Go home, you know, take a little nap. I didn't really eat a good dinner, which I probably should have. But then we went to the party, and, like, we had, like, set the party, like, weeks in advance. Like, and I was a partier in college. You know, I used to party a little bit pretty tough. And so we literally, I mean, one of my friends just moved to this house, and they had, like, five bedrooms. And uh, they told all the neighbors, like, we're going to throw a party. And literally at the end of the party, there were taxi cabs lined up waiting to take everybody home because it was that – it was, like – 500 people, one of my friends made a life-size cake, yep. and, like, the whole party said, it was, it was probably, like, I mean, that's, you, it's hard to top that as far as, like, a 21st birthday party. That was, it's pretty dope. But but you threw up. But, yeah, but I, but I threw up. You know, I, I didn't throw up until I got home, though. I, you know, I didn't make a fool of myself. I got home, <laughs> then I threw up. So, you know, it was a good time. So we both threw up on our 21st birthday parties? Yes, we did. Yes. <laughs> but seeing how you're a big drinker, you yeah. know, uh, well, not a big drinker, but seeing how you, you know, like to enjoy yourself from time to time. Not really, but every now and then have to drink. But okay. I, in college, uh, you know, I did go to class and I got good grades. But I also enjoyed myself. And I was a good football player. I worked really hard. But I also just, you know, in Miami you learn to party and get your work done. It's just kind of a, a thing you learn. You know, yep. ask Warren Sapp, you know, uh, any of them. They, they tell you. It's, <laughs> it's how it goes. You know, Michael Irvin is all these guys. Jonathan Vilma, DJ, anybody Wait, You tell me Michael Irvin party? <laughs> <laughs> I've never worked before my day, so I have no idea really. But <laughs> okay. I'm assuming because they paved the way. But the guys, I mean, 
I learned from like John Beeson. You know, those guys were the guys that you know I was young. He was you know one of the older guys that kind of showed me the ropes. But I used to be like a guy who like would chug beers like super fast. That were, kids would actually like buy me a drink just to chug against me and get murdered. You know, it was just like ridiculous. I've only lost in like a chugging contest once in my life, and I think it was rigged because it was his house and it was like a tournament, and like we had to pay to get in and like winner take all. And uh, his friend was a judge and. You know, I mean, I just I take I take my L, but I'm still kind of feeling a little certain kind of way. So, what's the key to chugging well and quick? I have no idea. It just but you just I, do it. I, I, yeah, I it probably it. helps. It probably helps when you're six eight three hundred, yeah. as opposed to five seven and a half one eighty, right? Like it probably does. a big difference. It does. It definitely does. Dan Olaski was very impressive. They must have done some drinking there in Connecticut for whatever that's I'm sure. worth. All right. So, being on Thanksgiving, football. To me, football and Thanksgiving work hand in hand. Do you watch football on Thanksgiving? Oh. Uh, let me say this. Now, my wife has a big family. So we have Thanksgiving with about 40 people. And they know that the job never really stops. It never ends. So the great part about it is on Thanksgiving, I sit around, I talk to everybody, have my meal. But when the games go on and when they start out, I'm in front of the games and I'm on my phone a lot of the times. And they think I'm working. And I kind of am. But I'll say this. I'm really tracking on Thanksgiving how my fancy football team is doing. And they don't know that. And they're not going to know that. And they can't know that because they think that I'm just busy at work. Which, if you're watching a football game, you're working, you're paying attention to certain trends, injuries, whatever it may be. But on Thanksgiving, a lot of times this becomes a built-in excuse for being able to track my fancy team and really watch the football games that I want to watch anyway. In addition to being with my great family. So, fancy football... Oh, yeah. I love fantasy football, I too. I play. Do you I, play? I, I do play. Wow. You know, but, so who's in your league? Is it like friends and family? We or is have it a 16-team ESPN league. Nice. And we've got Chris Mortensen and Matthew and Tim Hassel. How many times have you won? Though? Zero. Zero? Last year, I had a team that was 12-1 and one in the regular season, 12-1, and one, set a points record, and I lost in the second round of the playoffs, got blown up. It's a lot of luck. Look, you know, here's the thing. As long as Matthew Berry doesn't win, everybody wins. <laughs> that's, our, that's our rule model. And I know he's, when he sees this, he's going to be upset. But Matthew, you know the deal. He, he's the fancy champion. we got to make sure that he doesn't win. So he's the Patriots. <laughs> uh, he's, he's the Patriots of fancy football, I guess. Sort of. Yeah. He's not quite that accomplished. <laughs> Do you watch football on Thanksgiving? Well, yes. I've only played on Thanksgiving once, but I've watched it. Um, only played once? Yeah, I mean, Arizona, you know, they don't, they don't really put, like, they have the same teams always on Thanksgiving, which is fine. And I love watching it. I literally am glued. Anytime a game's on and I'm not playing, I'm glued to my TV watching. I'm a big fan. Like, I don't know if people, most guys are not big fans. Some guys are, but I'm a, like, a diehard football fan. And it's just cool because this is still my job. And I do wake up sometimes and pitch myself because this is the best still job. Still, even to this day? This, yes. Yes. Wow. And you've done it for 12 years. And you're 32 years old. Yeah. I think you got a year left in your contract in Jacksonville. Yep. How much longer will you be able to do this for? I don't know. You know, I've definitely put a lot more thought into, like, shut it down and when I'm going to shut it down and all that. But it's so many unknowns. Like, if I'm feeling good and healthy and going out there and still playing at a high level, then, you know, it's like, Keep why, going. Why, why stop? You know, but it is. We'll see. And when you shut it down, are you going to be Michael Strahan? I did I'm glad you said that because I need some tips because I would love to get in the TV world and, you know, being how you Well, you're doing a great job. Yeah. We've seen the clips. Okay. You've done terrific work. You've yeah, got this great little setup. I feel good. I appreciate You've got this great setup. Good. You know how to chug. You know how to eat icebox <laughs> ice cream, icebox box. cake on Thanksgiving. I mean, you've got the training. you got the connections. you got the smile. you got the personality. You just got to 
get reps. Here we go. That's the key with everything, right? Doing this for you is the next step in your evolution to becoming whatever it is that you want to be post-career. So the more you can do while you're playing, keep doing interviews, keep volunteering to do a segment at a local TV station or radio station, whatever it may be, the more you can do, the better you get it. It's like when you first got into the league as a rookie, right? It seemed overwhelming and lost. There was a lot to learn. I knew then what I know now. It's been crazy. Right? I'm 100% sure that I've lost a step a little bit speed-wise. I'm still athletic. I'm still very fast. But, like, compared to when I was a rookie, and it's just funny because you kind of, like, each year you get a little bit less athletic but you get so much more wiser. Make up for it. That's how Tom Brady's been able to do this, right? What do you, you think Tom Brady's gotten by on his speed? No. But Tom Brady will run still. Even in year 18, year 19, he still will run. And that just knowing that he will makes you have to like He's yeah. a smart runner. Yes, he he's not a fast runner, but he's a smart runner, right? Yes, so you can do the TV thing. Is that what you want to do? Yeah. That's what you want to do? Yeah. So what would be Calais' dream job post-football, whenever that is? I would love to talk all sports. I mean, I love football the most, and football's always been, like, my number one love since I was six. I think I could play basketball if I chose to. I just never thought about playing basketball. It's always football. But I love talking basketball. I love talking baseball. I could talk hockey. I like talking it all. So I would love to get, like, you know, a job where I can talk all sports. And, like, just really, because I'm a fan. So if I could just be a fan and then talk about it, dream job. Any interest in Hollywood or politics? Hollywood would be fun. Uh, definitely uh, politics are not really ideal for me. But you never know. I mean, I'm still kind of still kind of young. So being as it's Thanksgiving, you know, we all go around usually talk about what we're thankful for. What are you most thankful for? Wow. So much. I'm, I'm thankful. I mean, everybody's thankful for their health, right? That's yeah. the first and foremost thing. And you think your family. I have a great wife, two great kids. Thankful for them, the immediate family that we get to watch, uh, share Thanksgiving with. Uh, I'm thankful to ESPN for employing me for 10 years and not deciding to get rid of me, right? Like, that's – you're just thankful for the life you have. This is so beyond anything that I could have imagined having that I couldn't be anything but thankful for my life. That's dope, huh? I feel like – I mean, generally it's the same concept, you know, the job, the family, you know, uh, the health, you know, really, and just, like, having people that you care about that you can share with. That's it, man. But you know what I love about Thanksgiving? It's the unofficial start of the holiday season. Once Thanksgiving hits, that tells you <laughs> Christmas is right around the corner, New Year's is right around the corner, and we are in the throes of playoff football, winter, all That's that why stuff. I love Thanksgiving the most because Thanksgiving, I mean, outside of the actual holiday and celebrate what you're thankful for, but it's like when football really matters most, you know, like that's when it's like, that's when the playoffs technically start. It gets real. <laughs> it gets real, right? Real football doesn't start till about that, about uh, Thanksgiving time. You got to put yourself in position, but you make that run around Thanksgiving time. That's when it's the real deal. Your biggest Thanksgiving tradition? Biggest Thanksgiving tradition? Uh, I mean, we just, it's family together. You know, we've always been a family. Like, my dad was real big on, like, eating together as a family. Every uh, every day for dinner, we ate together, you know, unless we had some kind of event going. But even then, you know, we usually eat together. Uh, but when it came to Thanksgiving, you know, uh, we used to have a, you know, just, we just, we have dance parties, you know, and uh, we'll, you know, we eat, we'll hang, put the music on and just vibe and usually turns into a dance contest. And uh, I've only won a dance contest like one time in my whole entire life, you know. But it's cool. I mean, I won once. You know, I think also 
my parents would be a little generous because they, would, you know, everybody started one a bunch. And I got, I got a little rhythm, but I got some siblings. I have five brothers and two sisters, so it's a lot of competition. Five brothers and two sisters. Yeah, a lot that's of a lot of turkey on Thanksgiving. That's a lot of Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. We 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 can tear up some food now. Oh, I mean, it's hard. Thanksgiving. I mean, we tear, we clear pantries. How does your mom cook for a family that big? Like with you, with you eating alone. Like you're 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 the equivalent of seven kids eating. I My think. mom is a miracle worker. She. I mean, she made miracles happen, you know. And, I mean, as a kid, too, we didn't have much, so we had a lot of assistance. But my mom, like, really made, I mean, incredible meals off of, like, you know, the bare minimum. You know, she's a miracle worker, so and I've always appreciated her for, you know, just making things happen. We're thankful for her. Picture of her somewhere right yeah, there, right? Yeah, yeah, You know, we used to be just like twins, too, when I was a kid. I looked just like her. You do look like I could, I could <laughs> totally see that. As I get older, you could tell. Like, I look, she, she tells me I look like her dad a lot. I look just like her dad in her opinion, so... You know, but it's, it's definitely, I mean, I, I get my looks from my mom, which is nice because well, she's a very beautiful woman. Well, I appreciate hey, you coming by. Thank you, buddy. I thank appreciate you. it. And the guy that I, I always remember you, one of the guys that didn't do didn't fare too well on our 21st birthday. <laughs> <laughs> or had too good of a time. <laughs> that too. Well. Joining us now, a former seventh-round draft pick by the Steelers in the 2012 draft. He's played for the Steelers, the Jaguars, and is now in his third season with the New York Jets, Kelvin Beecham. Kelvin, thanks very much for the time today. Thanks for having me, Adam. Hey, Kelvin, this is great. I wanted to reach out because it's Thanksgiving week, and there are very few players in the league who I know who have done more good than you. And for those who don't know, you personally have gone out and delivered bottles of water and food and turkeys to underprivileged families in Newark. You've shown a commitment to serving others by providing school supplies and classroom resources to students and teachers. You volunteer at a food bank in New York City once a month. You sponsor large-scale food distribution uh, that feeds more than 3,000 families in Texas. Not surprisingly, you were the Jets' 2018 Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. So I want to know where all this goodness comes from. You know, to be honest, it comes from my mother. You know, I had uh, great parents, both my mother and my father, that um, instilled just the, the the need to give to others. You know, we didn't have a lot when we grew up, but what we did have and the excess that we did have, we were able to give it to others. So um just been blessed with great parents. And, you know, now I'm a parent. i uh, got three kids myself, and now I'm trying to lead by example. What did you take from your mother and father that you now try to pass along to your three children, Kelvin? You know, the, the ability to work hard first and foremost um, and at the end of the day, you got to be humble. Um, uh, it's, it's many people and, and, and many different classes of people that, that, that just struggle with different things from time to time. And um, I've been on both ends of it. I've been, you know, one of those kids that didn't know where my next meal was coming from. And now being, you know, a professional athlete, I can actually go and help somebody who doesn't know where the next meal is coming from. So to be able to, to, to use these experiences now and teach my kids things that I was taught as a kid, um, you know, I just I find a lot of value in it, you know, and I think in today's society, uh, today's generation of kids, they just they see things differently. And, you know, my kids are still re- relatively young. I got five, two and eight months. So they're still relatively young. But just being able to get them out and being able to, to serve at a young age, I think just instills, you know, what's needed in this particular generation. Kelvin, there's so much that you do. And I didn't even mention that you were named the Week 10 NFLPA Community MVP for donating $10,000 uh, to the United Way of Greater Newark and setting up a drive that generated 26,000 bottles of water for residents in need in that area, most of which you personally delivered. Of all these things that you do, 
What gives you the most satisfaction? You know, at the end of the day is being able to put a smile on somebody's face. You know, uh, you talk about the, the distribution that we just did in Newark. Um, you know, it was a, a mother that came that had seven foster kids. And for her to hug me after she realized that she was going home with, you know, you know, two boxes full of food and, and three, you know, three cases of water, just the, the emotion uh, and the authentic emotion that somebody uh, is willing to give to a stranger. You know, she doesn't know me. I don't know her. But, you know, that, that genuine connection um, at the end of the day is something that, that I feed on that gives me energy. I mean, you think about, you know, what's, this, what's been happening in our particular season, you know, you got to find energy somewhere. Um, and, and for me, you know, being able to serve and being able to go and volunteer and be able to put that smile on somebody's face is, is something that I really enjoy and something that I get a ton of satisfaction out of. And I also get energy from it. How do you manage the time with doing that? Because like you say, you got three kids, you're volunteering at this food bank in New York City once a month, you're doing all this other goodwill. How do you find the time to do all that, Kelvin? You know, you make time for what you care about, you know. Um, you know, I make time for my family. I got gymnastics class right after this. So uh, I got got a five-year-old gymnastics class and, and a two-year-old gymnastics class right after that. Um, you know, it's time management. Uh, and as, as professional athletes, you know, we're, we're, we're pros, but – and you got to be a pro on the field. You got to be a pro off the field, and I take that to heart. Is is you know making sure that I'm here for my wife and my kids, but also um, making sure that I can go out and serve my community. And half the time, I try to bring my my family with me. So it's it's a, it's a family ordeal. It's a family affair. So it's not just Kelvin Beecham doing it, but this is the Beecham family doing it as a whole. And by bringing your family with you and bringing your three children, do you believe that that exposes them to the idea of giving of yourself, of helping out, of lending your support to communities, and then it will rub off on them in the positive way that it will? No doubt it has to. Uh, well, they won't, well, they won't be uh, living here too long. <laughs> <laughs> They're out of the house if they don't, if they don't chip in, Kelvin? <laughs> hey, man, the thing is we've got to do this thing together. You know, um, you know I, I, we've been blessed uh, in, in, an, in an extreme fashion. You know, we're blessed beyond measures. I would have never thought that I've been in the league this long still playing, you know. Um, so I want to make sure my kids understand just how special of a life that they have uh, and make sure that they use it the right way, you know, at the end of the day. You talk about being blessed beyond measure. In this Thanksgiving week, what are you most thankful for, Kelvin? You know, uh, a happy wife. You know, they always say a happy wife, a happy life. That's Very true. First thing <laughs> that I'm happy about and thankful for. And then I'm just thankful that my kids are healthy. You know, I got, uh, I keep talking about them, but, you know, I've, I've, I've been around families who, who've had, Trouble having kids, having trouble keeping kids healthy. Um, just been blessed and just, just and, and thankful that they're healthy, they're in their right mind, uh, they're waking up with a smile on their face and with energy. Um, and I, I'm just thankful for that. How are you celebrating Thanksgiving? Well, we got to go practice first, uh, <laughs> and then after that, you know, going to be spending time at home. You know, um, you know, we get. I think we get out about two hours early, so to be able to be home you know, about 3 o'clock and, and, and be able to, to, to have uh, dinner with the kids and with the family. Um, it's going to be special. It'll just be me and my wife and the kids um, here in Jersey. You know what a lot of people don't realize, Kelvin, that, that football, there are no holidays in football, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Christmas. New Year's yeah. Day, right? It just keeps going just, on and on. I was just telling some folks, you know, I, I haven't been able to celebrate Thanksgiving or Christmas since I left high school to go to college. Yeah. So. Uh, it's been some time since I've actually had, I guess, a traditional uh, Thanksgiving kind of day. But, you know, the thing is you make the best of it. You know, again, we're blessed 
to do something special. So excited for it. That's the job. That's what comes with the territory, and that's what you have to make do with at that point in time. It's just the way you know when you're done playing football, whenever that is, and you're retired, you can have all the Thanksgiving and Christmas time you want at that point in time. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Before I let you go, you the Jets play the Bengals on Sunday, and it seems like your team right now is rolling along. Has found a mojo and momentum it didn't have early in the year. What, what has been the big difference? You know, I've been saying this to, to the beat writers here in the locker room. It's, it's 11 guys on both sides of the ball in all three phases, wanting to play for one another, caring about one another, um, and just executing. You know, it takes 11 guys playing and play out to go and execute. And when you do that consistently, you start getting results. And, you know, over the past couple of weeks, we've been able to do that consistently. But you've gone from looking so bad to looking so good. <laughs> Is it that simple? Man, the thing is, you know, people try to, you know, make make the game of football so complicated. When you just do your job consistently, just do your job, you know, uh, good things will happen. And I, I hate to make it so simple, but, you know, that's what Coach Gates and, 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 and the coaching staff and, and this organization has been preaching over the last couple of weeks, just do your job. And what is your assessment of the way Sam Darnold has played, especially as of late? You know what I've loved about his play is he's been way more assertive, uh, not only on Sundays, but also during the week. You know, putting his fingerprint uh, on the game plan, you know, being able to, to, to uh, keep what he likes and throw what he doesn't like. So really have been, it's been great to see him just take control uh, of this offense and take control and take this organization by, by the horns and really starting to put his fingerprint on it. Hey, Kevin, I want to thank you for taking the time today. really appreciate it. I I really have great respect for all that you do for the community. Forget about as a football player, but what your work that you've done is almost second to none. And I just think that every now and then uh, it, it's worth taking time out to highlight something like that. All the good that's done. Forget about what's done on the football field. Yes, sir. Thanks so much, Adam. Guys, you've heard me talk about Butcher Box, and if you haven't checked it out, you need to. The box I got this month came with chicken that's free-range and organic. And for all of you existing ButcherBox members and those of you who are signing up today, I also highly recommend you check out their beef, which is 100% grass-fed. I make sure I add the beef to every box I get because it provides lots of versatility to what we cook at home. Let me know what you think. Post your picture of my recommendation to your social media and tag me and ButcherBox and tell us how you prepared it. And for those of you on the fence, ButcherBox delivers 100% grass-fed organic and free-range meat with no antibiotics or hormones ever Right to your door. With free shipping, ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get the meal the way it's meant to be. Natural, fresh, and delicious. Don't miss out on their amazing Black Friday deal. Sign up now and get eight free steaks plus $20 off by going to ButcherBox.com slash Schefter. This offer won't last long, so hurry to ButcherBox.com slash Schefter to take advantage. ButcherBox.com slash Schefter. Cap hit. All right, joining us now, the ESPN analytics guru, Evan Kappa. Evan, first of all, happy Thanksgiving week. Same to you, Adam. It's, it's always one of the, the most enjoyable weeks of football for me all year. And nothing like celebrating Thanksgiving with family, food, and football. And the schedule of games we have for this week, it's okay. It's right. not the best we've ever seen well, well, on Thanksgiving. It well, seems that way. And we had the, the marquee matchups last week with Cowboys-Patriots and Packers-49ers. But you look at this week, and there are six games between teams with winning records. This week. This week. So you wouldn't have necessarily thought that, and some of them don't jump out to you, 
But I, I think we might have a good week here. But sometimes when we get to Thanksgiving, yep. you look at the slate of games and you say, this is going to be great. Absolutely. I can't wait to plant myself on the couch, yep. stuff my face, and watch all the football I I'm, can. I'm with you there. And I'm going to stuff my face. <laughs> right. And I'm going to watch a lot of football, right. but it's not like I'm saying, boy, I can't wait to see. No. I think especially when you look at the three games on Thanksgiving, there's really only one that that sticks out in terms of... Bills-Cowboys? Yes. Yes. That's the one for me. And... And the Bills are eight and three, right? Like who? The Bills are eight. And who's three. talking about the Bills? Nobody, at eight and three. Nobody's talking about the Bills. And you look at, look, everyone's talked about the Patriots' defense, the Forty ers defense, and with great reason, they have been the two best defenses in the NFL. Well, who's third in the NFL in scoring defense this year? That's the Buffalo Bills. And now they head down to Dallas with the Cowboys coming off that loss and. <laughs> I think we're going to find out a lot about the Bills. I think we're going to find out a lot about both teams in this game, Adam, because you look at the Cowboys, and it's something that we've talked about throughout the week, that they have not beaten a team with a winning record this season. They'll have another chance to do that against the Bills. The Bills are on Thanksgiving for the first time in about 25 years, since 1994. And this is a team that I think they're fans, and they have one of the great fan bases in the NFL, the Bills. They're eight and three. I don't think, like we just mentioned, nobody's talking about them. Now you've got a chance. You've got a chance to go down to Dallas to show why you're the third ranked scoring defense in the NFL and beat a, a Cowboys team that's in first place. Let me say this: If Buffalo wins this game, oh mm-hmm. my god! Oh, first from the Cowboys' all, perspective, oh, right? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. From the Cowboys' perspective, Forget it would it. be remarkable. Forget it. I mean, I got fans in Dallas that they are so aggravated. I had one fan who I'm friendly with in the New York area. He mm-hmm. texted me this morning and. And, he, and he's a frustrated fan. I've never socialized him. He's a nice guy. We right. text him now and then. He texted me this morning. He said, is Jason going to get fired? Adam? Right. And I text him back, come on, patience. Right. Let's see how this plays out. Right. And he texted me back, and I read, I'm read. i reading you the exact text. Yeah. I went to New England for the weekend, sat in the freezing cold. I'm so <laughs> pissed off. <laughs> okay, That's, And I think yeah. that summarizes how the Dallas Cowboys fan feels going into this game. And if it doesn't go their way on yeah. Thanksgiving Day, Oh boy, that's going to be tough. And and you look at and they've got five losses all year. Two of them are against the AFC East. You've got that. Remember that Jets game, and you remember the Patriots game this week. Now they've got another AFC East team coming into Arlington on Thursday. The flip side of that is if the Buffalo Bills find yeah. a way to beat Dallas, I think yeah. people can say, "Whoa, the Bills!" Right, nine, 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 nine and three, and three nine Bills. And three. Right. I don't care who you've played. If yeah. you go nine and three in the NFL, that's impressive. You, you go through three quarters of a year and you've won 75% of your games. doesn't matter who you play because everybody wants to poke holes at their schedule, and I get it. But if you go down and and, and they beat the Cowboys in Dallas, in Arlington, that, And no that's one's an talking about win. the Bills. No, Nobody's talking about not. them. And look, what we've seen, and we've talked about it before, going back to Super Bowl 53, when Bill Belichick and the Patriots showed against one of the league's best offenses, you can still win in this league with defense. We saw it this past weekend. The Cowboys beat, or excuse me, the Patriots beat the Cowboys with defense. How did the 49ers, yes, the 49ers scored 37 points. They also held Aaron Rodgers under 10. So this Bills defense can still win games in the NFL and look. And have, or has, whatever. They have, and and look, if if they win this game and you see what Josh Allen can do uh, with both his legs and his arm, they would be a date. And look, they're not going to win the division. We know that. The Patriots are going to win the division. They'd be a dangerous wild card. I don't think many teams would want to see on that on that wild card weekend. They are a tough, gritty team. They are, and we'll see whether they can get it done in Dallas on Thanksgiving afternoon. All right, another tough, gritty matchup: the 
Cleveland Browns travel to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. I would imagine extra security will be on hand. <laughs> this is a rematch of the game that took place two Thursdays ago when there were 33 players disciplined and the NFL handed out close to $725,000 in fines. Miles Garrett suspended indefinitely. In this particular game, Larry Ogunjobi will be coming back, making his return to action, timely yep. against Pittsburgh. Yep. No Marquise Pouncey for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What stands out to you about this rematch? Well, look, beyond everything you just mentioned, which is story A1 when you think about this game, the, the Steelers have won 15 consecutive home games against the Browns. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has been a long time, go back to 2003, since the Browns won a game in Pittsburgh. That is the fourth longest Home winning streak by one team against another. That's Steelers over the Browns. The Steelers actually beat the Browns in 16 straight games back in the 70s and 80s. So, look, Pittsburgh's been a tough place to play for Cleveland. But I think we look, and that's the historical context, but you look more at this season and you look at a Browns team that's won three in a row. They haven't played the best teams, but they won three in a row to get back in the mix. They're now five and six. You've got the Steelers right in the thick of the second AFC wildcard race. So, this is a game that will be talked about for obvious reasons throughout the week, and there will be a ton of buildup. But I think that the key is kind of once once things start Sunday afternoon, the winner of this game is going to be in a decent spot for the wild card, while the loser will have an uphill climb the last four games. I don't think we – I'm not sure we thought we'd be here with the Browns in terms of talking about yeah. them for a playoff spot after they started 2-6. and six. But it's possible. But it is possible, and you look at and, – and finally what has happened – doesn't take a rocket science to figure out that this is what would lead them to success. Look, it's Baker thrown to those two receivers. We knew all year that the talent that Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry have, they the Baker connected with them for three touchdowns in Week 12. They had four the first 10 games combined. Hmm. So it's getting the ball to those two playmakers, and that can maybe help try and break that ridiculous losing streak they have in Pittsburgh. It's a long losing, 15 games. 15 straight games. It's a lot yeah. of losing. All right, the two... Prime time games after Thanksgiving. Sunday mm-hmm. night, we've got the Patriots traveling to Houston to play the Houston Texans. Monday night, we have a great matchup, which we'll get to in a moment. The Minnesota Vikings travel to Seattle to play the Seahawks. What stands out to you about New England traveling to Houston? Well, you talk about that 15-game winning streak, and this is another uh, another instance where you've got just complete domination by one team over another. The Patriots are 10-1 and all time against mm-hmm. the Texans, including the playoffs. You talked about a talk about a Houston team that has a lot of Patriot connections. They kind of always have over the years. They now still have Bill O'Brien and Romeo Cornell, who are up in New England. And this is a game that it you've got that historical significance in terms of the Patriots have always beaten the Texans. But then on the other side, you've got Deshaun Watson, who has been the best quarterback in prime time since he entered the NFL. In prime time. In prime the time. Best. The best. You look at, he's got 18 touchdown passes and three interceptions. In his career, primetime games, his total QBR, 85 out of 100. That's in the highest in the NFL over the last decade among QBs with at least seven starts. You look at the guys he's ahead of, so this is the list. Deshaun Watson, Peyton Manning, he's pretty good. Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. When you're on the top of a list like that, that's pretty impressive. Their last game, he made the plays they needed to, connected with DeAndre Hopkins a couple times to beat the Colts in primetime. And now he's going to have another. This is actually already his third career start against the Patriots, but his first in Houston. So I think a game wow. that, yeah, you just made that. You just made that matchup a lot more interesting to me. I think it is, and and I think I think it's even more interesting with the backdrop of the Patriots' offense. And I guess it's the 
the uh, the factor of how long can how many weeks can the defense keep these these high powered offenses to ten points to thirteen points to allow the Patriots offense to score enough points to win the game. I think I think they'll they'll have a test down in Houston, but look, ten and one speaks for itself. The the Texans have that history working against them. Then Monday night, Minnesota travels to Seattle. What has become great really game. a really great interesting game. matchup, yeah. right? Like I'm fired up for our yeah. Monday night matchup. Absolutely. We've had some great games this year. We have. Last two weeks ago, we had the Seahawks and 49ers. Yep. Last week, the Chiefs and Chargers. We had these Ravens and Rams yep. this past Monday night. And next Monday night, we'll have the Vikings in Seattle. Yep. And what about this matchup stands out? Well, to look, you? you look at these two quarterbacks who are, are both playing among the best in the NFL this year. I think Russell Wilson, clearly one of the MVP favorites. And Kirk Cousins has been uh, really good since since about week five. And the interesting thing with Kirk Cousins, and I think people always want to try and kind of poke holes in him, and, and there's been reasons to, but the the thing that I kind of came up with, if you look at like the climb of Kirk Cousins over the last few games, Cowboys, he can't beat a winning team. Mm. He can't win in prime time. He, he went and it. won that game. The next week, the Bronco game, he had never won a game when trailing in the fourth quarter as the Vikings quarterback. What did he do? He led them to that comeback. Yeah. They were down 20 points in that game. Now... He's got the third one. He has never won a game in his career on Monday Night Football. He is 0-7 as a starting QB on Monday Night Football. That is the most losses to start a career on Monday night. So you look at that, and that's like the latest one, right? We always You always hear about the Kirk Cousins. Oh, he gets unfairly criticized. Well, this year, he's taking that criticism, and he's reversing it. He's winning these games. Can he win in Seattle? Which is, look, they... We know about their record at home in prime time on Monday night. It's not going to be easy, but that's kind of an interesting storyline to me. So you're saying that Kirk Cousins is the anti-Deshaun Watson? It, it's certainly on Monday night he has been. <laughs> right? That, that is for certain. And you know what's interesting about this is if we look at the two night games this upcoming weekend, Sunday and Monday nights, you got Deshaun Watson trying to keep up the streak of being the best quarterback in prime time yep. in football. Yep. you got Tom Brady with a struggling Patriots offense trying to salvage that and get mm-hmm. that going right. before the postseason begins. you got Kirk Cousins, who's never won a game on Monday Night Football, right. 0-7. And you got Russell Wilson bidding to become the next most right. valuable player in the NFL. So there's, right. there's storylines so, in every quarterback and, here. And as if we don't have enough storylines, you look at the teams, the Vikings and Seahawks, who are currently the wild cards, depending on what happens on Sunday in Week 13, they could be playing for first place in their division for that when in that game Monday night. So... Look, that, that is a fun one that I'm looking forward to. We had the same matchup uh, last year on Monday night in Seattle. This one's got a little more juice, though. Evan, appreciate you joining us today. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Have a great week. Same to you, Adam. Thanks a lot. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, you can attend the concert or show of your choice and earn credit towards your next live event. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. All you need to do is use the Vivid Seats app to purchase tickets and start earning today. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. 
Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code ESPN25 for 10% off your next order. That's promo code ESPN25. Special thanks to the Jets 2018 Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, Kelvin Beecham, who continues to give way more of himself than most people do. And special thanks to Jaguars defensive end, Calais Campbell, who's ready for another Thanksgiving. And thank you to the listener for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please tune in again next week when we'll be back to review Week 13. Look ahead to Week 14. Have a great Thanksgiving and enjoy the football, everybody.